You're listening to a sermon from Grace Church, located in Frisco, Texas. Get to know Grace Church better by visiting our website at www.gracechurchfrisco.org. Today, we have a guest speaker. Hey, my name's Aaron Paul. Um, just a little introduction, who I am. Uh, I am not officially ordained yet here at Grace Church. I know I've talked to some of you, and you're like, Aaron, it's been going on for years. Uh, you remember the, the friends that you had in college? I'm sure you all had one. I had a friend uh, who, you know, it took like seven years to get through their, their degree. That's kind of that's me. So it's not so much on the pastoral staff as me, uh, just taking a while going through the, uh, the papers and things that I have to write. But I do want to uh, say it is encouraging to me that it is a process, right? It's not just, our church is not just, hey, you look like you love Jesus. You want to be an elder? Uh, but there is a long process, uh, and appreciate that. Um, if and when, I say that, if and when uh, I am ordained here, I will not be on staff, but will be, like Bob uh, mentioned a couple weeks ago, I'll be a bivocational elder, meaning I'm working in the marketplace and just volunteering here. So that's who I am. Um, I say that also just so that you, uh, you can think about the message in terms of that, you know, really... Uh, don't, uh, don't just take my words for them. Go back to uh, God's word and test uh, what I say today. Um, but we're in a series here at Grace Church. We're in a five-week series uh, called Mission 101. So Bob kicked us off, Bob, Pastor Bob Hughes kicked us off with um, really a, a, a beautiful picture, a more holistic picture um, of the gospel. He talked about the, the truncated gospel, and then he talked about how what our view of the gospel is really, he said four chapters, right? We have creation, we have the fall, we have redemption, and then restoration. And so that's where we started, and we, we're in a series on Mission 101. Craig then taught us on the Great Commission and why it's great. Uh, and last week, uh, Pastor Rob talked to us about the family on mission. So the last two weeks that we have for our series are going to be uh, what I'm going to call more practical. I don't mean the other three were not ones that you could take things from and apply. Uh, these two are just more uh, focused on, on how we walk out this mission? How do we implement the mission that God has called us to? And so today we're going to look at the topic of hospitality. So today we're going to look at the topic of Christian hospitality. If you have your Bibles, um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 15, verse 7. We're just going to look at one verse today. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore, welcome one another, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let's pray as we begin to speak. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. <clears throat> God, thank you that you uh, have loved us enough that, God, you don't leave us to just try to figure out life, try to figure you out, but, God, you've given us your word your true words about who you are, about who we are, and about how you have called us to live and to respond to your grace. And so God, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you'd open our hearts to the truth of your word, that you'd speak through me, that you'd give me true words to speak. Holy Spirit, that you would come and, and fill, uh, fill me, that you'd speak truth, and that we would be changed and shaped and molded by what we hear today for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. Again, it's not a, not a given that you're here, especially today. Thank you if you're online uh, with us. I know we're in 
uh, unique time, so thank you for, for making the effort to be out here, to be together. Uh, I do believe there's a unique blessing that the Lord gives us when we meet together as Christians. Um, but I want you to know, I'm, I'm, I feel a burden to, to leave you with something that is meaningful. And so today we're going to look at hospitality, and I'm going to try the best I can to make the point that I think hospitality is one of, if not the, primary distinctives of what it means to be a Christian. So I'm going to try today, looking at God's Word, to prove to you that I think hospitality is one of the, if not the, primary evidences that you are a Christian. If you're a Christian today, then I believe hospitality uh, is the evidence and one of the primary evidences of that. So to structure our time, I have uh, four points, I guess you could call them. We're going to look at what is hospitality. We're going to look at the who of hospitality, how, how are we hospitable, and then why. Why, why should we practice hospitality? So we'll look at those and we'll give some application. And all of it, again, um, is coming from Romans 15.7. So if you just stay there, we're, we're literally just going to walk through the verse. So reading that verse again, it says, Therefore, welcome one another, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So the first, what is hospitality? Right, if somebody was to ask you today, and you're going to have to give the definition, maybe you're going to have to put it up on the internet, uh, you're going to write the next Webster's, if we even still have Webster's Dictionary, you're going to write the, the dictionary of hospitality, what would you say? What would you say hospitality is? Or if I said, hey, I want you to close your eyes and think of a time when you experienced hospitality. Where, where do your thoughts go? What do, you, what do you think about? What comes to mind? Um, I've talked to some who heard that I was going to be speaking about hospitality. And they're like, oh, great. Yeah, you guys, Aaron and Bethany, you guys really display hospitality. Uh, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's like 100% her. Uh, we've been married 15 years, and I can say she, so she challenged me to, to grow in hospitality. And now I can say I, I actually uh, am beginning to enjoy uh, hospitality, but man, those first few years, I'm like, what is this, this person doing in our house? I just want to be home by myself and with my family. Uh, I'm not that way now, but so any, anything you've seen, it's, it's my wife. But when you think that, and you say, and somebody says, hey, Aaron, we're so glad you're speaking about hospitality because you guys exemplify this. What do you have in mind? What do you think hospitality is? This past weekend, we were invited uh, to dinner. One of the families here in the church invited our whole family to dinner. Uh, we had a fantastic time. Is that, is that what hospitality is? Is hospitality inviting somebody over for dinner? Well, I said we're going to get it from Romans 15.7, but I want to give you a few other passages uh, in Scripture that, that specifically talk about hospitality that you can write down. Um, I, I think if you really look at Scripture, you see hospitality all over uh, God's Word, and hopefully after today, you'll see it as well. But here's a couple other places that you'll see this word hospitality. In Romans 12, 13, Hebrews 13, 2, I'm just going to name the verses, don't worry, I'm not going to read them. Hebrews 13, 2, 1 Peter 4, 9, and again here in Romans 15, 7. And if you were to look at those words that we would uh, translate as hospitality, there's really two words. Now, remember I said I'm, I'm not this, uh, you know, I don't have a doctorate 
Um, I got what I'm about to tell you from the Logos software, which if you want to get that software, you can see Chauncey Allman after the service, and he can hook you up with information on that. Uh, But there are two words, two Greek words that we see when we look at those passages about hospitality, and here's the two words. The first one is phileo xenon. So you may have heard that term xenophobia, right? It's a fear of others, fear of those who are not like you. So phileo, we know, is maybe one of, maybe you've heard it, it's one of the terms that means love, right? So that word literally, phileo xenon, means love others. The love of, or to love others. Love those who are not like you is translated as hospitality. So when you see that word translated hospitality, it's usually phileo xenon, which is love of others. Today's passage We don't see the word hospitality, but see that second word in verse 7 says, therefore, welcome. That word welcome is another Greek word, which is pros lambanos, which pros is toward, lambanos is receive, so toward receive, flip that around, receive toward, uh, it's to welcome, right, to welcome. So if we combine those two things, we get love of others and receiving or welcoming, uh, but, but let me pause for a second. When we receive, it kind of implies that we're receiving somebody or something into something. Right? Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? If we're receiving, if we're, we're, we're welcoming somebody, usually you're welcoming them into something. What are we receiving them into then? Is it your home? So I think most of us would say, yeah, that's, that's hospitality. It's welcoming others into your home. But think a minute for Jesus. Think a minute about Jesus. Jesus was hospitable, was he not? Jesus practiced hospitality. But we see in Scripture that Jesus didn't have a home to welcome people into. So if, if receiving and welcoming people into your home is hospitality, then Jesus never practiced hospitality because he never had a home to welcome people to. What did he do? Well, he actually invited people to other people's houses, right? He had Zacchaeus was watching him from the tree, the wee little man, Zacchaeus, uh, you might remember from children's ministry, right? He's up in the tree because he, he can't see over the people, so he's up in the tree watching Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus, me and, and my friends, we're coming to your house today for dinner, and so that's how Jesus practiced hospitality. He invited himself into other people's homes. So here's what I think. And if you go back, uh, and you can, if you, if you want on your own time to go back, Romans 14 uh, begins this, this section where Paul's talking uh, to the Christians, and he's encouraging the uh, stronger Christians, those who don't feel as much conviction about what they're eating and what they're drinking and where they're eating. He encourages them to welcome the weak, those who have a problem, feel like it would be sin to eat certain kinds of meat. And he is encouraging Christians to, to welcome one another, to receive one another. And that's where we get verse 15, 7 is kind of the culmination of that passage. So here's what I think the definition of hospitality is. I think it's to receive with love those who are not family into familial fellowship. Say that again, to, I think hospitality is to receive with love those who are not family, others, into fellowship as though they are family. 
I think that's what hospitality is. So I think that's how Jesus, when he is uh, inviting people to Zacchaeus' house, is practicing hospitality because Zacchaeus was a tax collector and Zacchaeus was a, an other. Zacchaeus was somebody that was not welcomed into people's homes. He was somebody that the Jewish people hated. And here Jesus, seeing Zacchaeus and knowing his change of heart and knowing that Zacchaeus wants to follow Jesus, wants to repent, he says, hey, guess what? We're coming to your house today because welcoming you as family means coming to your house where nobody would be caught dead. Now we're going to go, and I, the Son of God, I'm going to come and eat dinner in your house and eat with you. So this past weekend when the family uh, invited us over, that was, that was hospitality. That was definitely, most definitely hospitality. We played a foosball tournament um, I'm terrible at foosball, but apparently in their family, that's what you do when you play foosball. So I lost uh, well, but I felt welcomed, uh, sort of, although I got, I got destroyed at foosball. Uh, I think the one was, game was like 10 to 2. Um, but anyway, it was fun. We got invited over. That was hospitality. Uh, this past weekend, uh, I got asked to, to lead worship for a, a Christian uh, school that my kids attend, that, I felt like that was hospitality. Now you can say, how is that? They asked you to come and to do this thing. Well, when I showed up, I, I knew people. I was welcomed relationally into that community, right? I walked in. I, didn't, I wasn't there at the start of the conference. I wasn't there at the start of the retreat, but I got welcomed in when I got there. And they, they welcomed me in just like I'd been there the whole time, like they've known me for years. Um, one time this week, uh, I got back from a long trip and my boys invited me to, to sleep in their room, right? Hey, Dad, can you, can you get a sleeping bag and sleep here on the, room, on the floor in the room? And I did, and it was fun. Now, I'm not encouraging you as Christians to invite people to come, you know, sleep in your room on a sleeping bag. But the point is, what is hospitality? Hospitality is welcoming one another. Those who are not family, welcoming them and treating them as family, treating them in relationship and in fellowship as family. So how can, how can we do this? Right? I want a little bit of application here before we, we got a lot more application, but just think about where in your life can you welcome people who are not your family as family? Where in your life do you have opportunity to be hospitable towards others? Yes, maybe your house, so maybe it is inviting people over to dinner, but maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's just, uh, again, if it's welcoming people into familial fellowship, maybe it's getting dinner together somewhere. Maybe it's just saying hi on a Sunday morning. So that's hospitality, welcoming others with love who are not family as though they are family, treating them in fellowship like family. So that's what is hospitality. But if you look back at Romans fifteen seven, it says, therefore, welcome one another. So the next one we're going to look at is who. So hospitality is welcoming others uh, who are not family as family. So the question is then, well, well, who? Is it, is it everybody? Am I supposed to try to welcome everybody? Am I supposed to try to invite everybody over? Am I supposed to greet and welcome everybody? Am I supposed to have fellowship with everybody? Well, look what Paul says, Romans 15, 7. He says, welcome one another. Welcome one another. Well, who's Paul talking to? In Romans 15, well, I guess all of Romans, Paul's talking to the, the church in Rome. 
And by implication, if he's talking to the church in Rome, he's primarily who he has in view here, who he's been talking to directly in the last three chapters are Christians. And so what Paul says to Christians is he says, Christians, the, the way that you're supposed to practice hospitality is to welcome one another. Christians are to welcome Christians. Now, I want to say that because I do think hospitality is a great way to outreach. I do think hospitality is a great um, practice that is very effective in evangelism uh, because it's different, right? It's, it's something that people aren't used to experiencing. But I think what, what Paul is talking about primarily here is Christians welcoming Christians. Again, I say that because I think when we think of hospitality, we think of it as usually inviting people to our house, and usually the others we have in mind are those who are not Christians, right? Those who are not Christians, and we think of it as a primary way for outreach. But think about this. If the church, if the church was filled with Christians who welcomed one another, Christians who genuinely loved and welcomed one another and had fellowship with one another, think about how attractive that is to the outside world. Think about how attractive that is and what witness that is to those outside of the church. Think about the church for a second. Do you think, maybe not in this church, but just think broader church, do you think more people have heard about our fellowship and our hospitality or have heard about the disputes and the schisms and the separations that we have. If you, I mean, I've talked to plenty of non-Christians. It doesn't take long to drive down a road somewhere in Texas and on the same corner see a few different churches, right? Now, we all have reasons that we, we have different churches, but it does seem to the outside world that we all kind of get our, you know, our thing, whatever it is, and we separate from the rest. But what Paul calls us to here, what God calls us through Paul here, is to hospitality, to fellowship with one another, to practice biblical Christian hospitality, is to welcome one another. So what does this look like? Well, this is uh, the Christian who loves meat, the Christian who's a carnivore, grabbing lunch at Salata with the, the Christian brother or sister who really doesn't like meat, right? Who's a vegetarian, maybe, or vegan, God forbid. (laughs) Or the Christian brother who loves hymns, right, and wishes that we just sang hymns with piano, talking on a Sunday and fellowshipping, not talking about and arguing, but talking and fellowshipping on a Sunday with the guy who loves the electric guitar and the lights and the latest Hillsong Elevation worship song. Right, it's the person who is pro-vaccine, the Christian pr- person who's pro-vaccine, fellowshipping, socially distant, I guess, with the Christian who is not vaccinated. We've heard so much the last couple of years, but, uh, but this, is, this is still an issue in the church. The, it's the, the black Christian and the white Christian together in fellowship. What does that say to the outside world? Those who wrap their briskets and those who don't wrap their briskets. 
But think about that. When you have people that aren't supposed to be together, where they don't have anything in common, or they, they have enough reasons to just separate, it'd be easier to just separate. When those people are in fellowship together, what does that say to the outside world? It says something's going on. Something's happening in that place. I want to be there. I want to find out. I want to see what that place is all about. Why are those people friends? It reminds me when I was in, when I was in Christian. When I was in college as a Christian, I remember hearing about uh, Palestinian Christians, so people who uh, had become Christians in Palestine and those who were uh, uh, Jews from Israel who had become Christians, and how those two people were becoming friends and were being seen together in, in public. Now, I don't know if you know about Israeli and Palestinian uh, folks, but they're kind of like Auburn and Alabama fans, right? No, they're way worse. Sometimes. They don't like each other. They hate each other. If Any opportunity they can have to, uh, to even kill each other, they, they will take that opportunity. And so here, as Christians, a Palestinian and a Jew are together as friends in fellowship. There's no explanation for it other than the gospel. And it was a revival in that area. Because people saw... And those folks shared the gospel with them and shared why they were friends. Not because they had come together on any other issue than they were bought by the blood of Christ together and they had relationship. So that's what, what is hospitality, the who, one another. And then let's look at the how. So how? Well, let's look at verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. As Christ has welcomed you. How has Jesus welcomed you? Notice it doesn't say, welcome as Christ welcomed others. So it isn't just a, hey, read the Gospels and and read the stories of Jesus and then try to exemplify and, and be like Jesus. Right Now we are. We're called in other parts of Scripture to imitate Christ, to imitate God. But here, he says, welcome as Christ has welcomed you. But think about it. How, how has Christ welcomed you? This is why we preach the gospel and we try every Sunday to preach the gospel because you never graduate past the gospel. As a Christian, you never get to a place where the gospel is irrelevant. The gospel is, uh, you know, that's, that's, we teach that in children's ministry. But here on Sunday, we don't talk about the gospel because we all assume we've already heard the gospel. The gospel never gets old. The gospel is never beneath us because this is the gospel. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. How has Christ welcomed you? Well, if you, you just look throughout Scripture, you'll see Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is a great example. How were we? Well, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Right? We were separated from God. We were alienated from fellowship with God. We were enemies of God. But Jesus, while we were dead, while we were enemies, while we were separated from God, died for us came and lived the perfect life that we can never live and died not surprised he wasn't found you know he wasn't trying to hang out in the garden and then oh my gosh oh here these guys are here to arrest me he knew when he came to earth that that day was coming that's why he came that's why he came to earth to die in our place when not we were his friends not when he saw great potential in us but when we were his enemies and we were dead, 
That's the truth of the gospel when we were enemies. Now, I doubt that you have anyone, no matter how big of a disagreement you have with them, no matter what their views on barbecue or vaccines or music or anything, no matter what their views are, I doubt that you have somebody that you could say truly is your enemy. Truly is separated completely from any hope of relationship with you. And even if you do, we were more than that with God. And Jesus welcomed us. Jesus welcomed you. God, through Jesus, made a way for you to have relationship with him. We have been forgiven so much, and so we should forgive. And we see that, right? Jesus talked about this. It's a very biblical concept. We look at how much we've been forgiven. So when somebody, when we've been forgiven this large debt, how can we not forgive a small debt? In the same way, when we've been welcomed this much, how can we not welcome with just an even easier thing to overcome and to welcome? This is the gospel. We think of how we have been welcomed and we welcome others with that same welcome that Jesus gave us. Well, let's look at the last one. So we've got what is hospitality, who, it's one another, how, as Christ has welcomed us, and the last one, why. And it's right here in verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of of God. Now if we look back at the beginning of that, I, I've skipped over it a bunch of times, but verse 7 says, therefore, welcome one another. Now, just a quick biblical tip. If you see therefore when you're reading, you should ask yourself, what's it there for? Right? When I'm reading and I see therefore, don't just go over it. Oh yeah, therefore, okay. Uh, therefore, it's saying, what I just said, therefore do this. So maybe we just back up a little bit. Now you could, and I would encourage you, go back on your own time and read uh, chapters 13, 14, and 15, because uh, it, it's, a, it's amazing and it all fits together. But if we just go one verse before, look what he says. That together, now let's go verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement, so starting chapter 15, verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. He's saying what we just said about the Palestinian and the Jew. What Paul's saying is, look, when, when people see people that should be enemies, when, when people see people that shouldn't be hanging out together in fellowship and in relationship and in not just pretend fellowship, not just in the same room, but really in fellowship and in relationship, loving one another, Paul says when, when people see that, it glorifies God. And it fits together with what Jesus said. He says, they'll know you're my disciples. How? Because you disagree with one another. Because you don't hang out with each other. You don't fellowship with one another. Is that what he said? No. They will know you are my disciples by your love, the love you have for one another. And here again, God's keeping the same consistent message. It glorifies God when the Christian who is not family, who's not, who, who is an other, who's not your family, is welcomed into relationship as though that Christian were family. And I've, I've experienced this so many ways in my life. And I've, I've been, uh, by God's grace, somebody who's been able to extend this. I've seen pictures of 
uh, of guys who were um, uh, really alienated in the church uh, because they were divorced. You know, they kind of had this, this stigma. And I, I've seen those guys welcomed into relationship and fellowship with the family. I've seen singles in the church, right, who a lot of times can kind of, in the church, mo- many of us are married, right? So the singles can kind of just be like forgotten, right, and, and left. God, they'll go figure it out. They're young. They got things going on. But I've seen singles invited over uh, to lunch and reached out to. I've seen it in the church, and I will tell you, it is a beautiful and it is an amazing thing to see. And when you see it, every time I see it, I know it's the Holy Spirit at work in those Christians to bring that fellowship. And what the result is, is God is glorified. What is hospitality? It's welcoming others that are not family, into familial relationship. It's one another, Christians primarily, but yes, we do welcome non-Christians too, but, but primarily we're welcoming Christians into this unique fellowship that we have in Christ. How, as Christ has welcomed us, why? For the glory of God. So how do we put this into practice? So how do we apply this? Well, the first one, if you're, today, if you're here, if you're online with us, if you're here in person and you're not a Christian, Everything that we just talked about, this isn't like a a self-help session. This isn't a, hey, here's some really good advice on how to have a great, happy life. Go try to apply these things. Be hospitable. Love one another. This is only for Christians. The, The power here is only for Christians. The call here is only for Christians. So the first step, if you're not a Christian, is not to just go and try to be hospitable. It's to receive the gift of God through Jesus. To put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you haven't done that, I, w- I would plead with you. Right? If you. You can look around. There's never probably, there, there has been. But in our society, in the recent, uh, you know, in this generation, in recent history, there, there's maybe never been a time where we're more aware of the frailty of life. Right? We, we've never been more aware in recent history of the frailty of life. So if you're a young person here today and you haven't put your faith in Christ, don't, don't think, well, I, I can just wait. I can live what I want to live right now and live the way I want to live right now. And then when I get older, I can just put my faith and trust in Christ. Or if you're an older Christian, you say, you know, that was me, but then I just, years got away from me. Now I'm, now I'm older and I, I feel like there's too much. God can't forgive all of these years that I've walked away from him. He can. He can. You're not surprising him by your sin. And so I would call you as well to put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus for you. And to find life, find new life in him. So that's if you're not a Christian. If you are a Christian, then I would encourage you to try one of two things. Alright, a small step. And then if you're kind of already like, yeah, I think I've got that small step. Then I've got a, a bigger step for you. So first of all, a small step. So if you're a Christian, I think the first small step would just be to think of one person. Think of one person you know, someone you wouldn't normally spend time with. So this isn't, okay, let me think of my best friend. Let me think of that guy that, or that girl that I see every Sunday. And I'm like, yes, ah, I was, you know, couldn't wait to see you this Sunday. So happy to see you. Think about the person that you're like, okay, they're getting coffee. I can, maybe I can just kind of steer this way and walk around. They won't see me. They won't catch me because, oh, it's always awkward when she talks to me. Oh, it's always hard to, to talk to him. Oh, man, that's that guy that's 
you know, pro-vaccine and I'm not, or vice versa, right? Or that's the guy that wraps his brisket. And, uh. I'm okay with wrapping your brisket, by the way. It's fine. As long as you use butcher paper. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, but think of that one person and reach out to that person. Right? Pray for God to give you the strength and the grace to do that and reach out to that person. So maybe it's a young person. Right? So maybe if you're an adult here and you, you know, man, that, that one young person, they look like they've got something on their heart. Maybe God's putting it on your heart that you would reach out to that person. If you're uh, um, thinking of a youth, you know, one way you could do it is, is reach out and say, what's their sports schedule? And maybe your family can go and watch their football game or their soccer game. Right? Well, how's that practicing hospitality? Well, if... You have your own daughter and your own son. What do you usually do to, with their football games? Usually go to them. So would you be treating somebody who's not your family as family if you go to their football game or their volleyball game or their swim meet or their whatever, their, I don't know, robotics championship thing? Yeah, absolutely. So that's one way. If it's a youth, you could reach out through, through going to uh, their sporting events. Sunday gathering, one way you could do it is just on Sunday morning. Just reach out, go over if you're on this side, go, go over to somebody on that side and say hi. Right? Dinner, you could do that. That's maybe a bigger step. Invite that one person over for dinner. Um, text, phone call, email. You could get together. It could be a dinner. Uh, it could be lunch. It could be coffee. It could just be a walk. It could be a playground date. Um, take your kids to the same playground and, and connect. So that would be the small step. Think of one person and try to... Uh, apply it with that one person. Now, again, if you're like, nope, I already, I'm good with that, but give me more. The second thing that I would say uh, is there are terrific opportunities in our church to plug in and to serve where we practice hospitality. And to me, one of the biggest, most obvious ones would be the Connect team. Right? On Sunday morning, you're here and you literally are welcoming one another. As people come in the doors, you're welcoming them in and you're connecting. You're not just, hey, how's it going? But the Connect team also connects those people into fellowship and into relationship. Right? Make, make sure that people are uh, connected in community group, in fellowship. And so maybe serving on the Connect team would be a place for you. If you say, yeah, I want to serve somewhere where we practice hospitality. There's other teams. I think there's literally a hospitality team uh, where you can go and you can practice hospitality uh, and, and love people who are uh, needing uh, help, so maybe it's through uh, weddings, funerals, all kinds of different things. Um, another way is, is children's ministry, either what's going on right now, the little kids, or youth group. Right? You can practice hospitality. Somebody who uh, is not your family, you can reach out to and love that little kid or that youth for the glory of God. Relationship, connection with them, invite them into fellowship. Um, men's ministry, I mean really, you could you could really take this out. Any ministry in the church can be practicing hospitality, but those are a few that are very, very specific, uh, very easy applications for hospitality. So what is hospitality? It's welcoming one another as Christ has welcomed us, welcoming others who are not our family, welcoming for the glory of God, loving, reaching out in fellowship for the glory of God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Grace Church. 
To receive future messages, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or listen online by visiting our website at gracechurchfrisco.org.